0: Welcome to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your host, Lisa Drennan, author of Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom, and Fun in Your Life. Be sure to download your free ebook at lisadrennan.com. Welcome to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, Energetic Mindset Mentor. In today's episode, we have the beautiful Nicole Haasen. She is a wonderful, wonderful owner of AIM, S-capital-A-I-M, Social Media Marketing. I know AIM must stand for something, right? As an experienced award-winning social media strategist and virtual assistant, Her work is focused on supporting social media managers with their day-to-day operations, handling administrative tasks, as well as content creation, scheduling, and engagement. In her spare time, Nicole is a mental health advocate. She speaks about mental illness, specifically on mental wellness, bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety, and PTSD, supporting other social media managers and educating on the importance of systems and self-care. She is the oldest of four, Born and raised on a Canadian dairy and cash crop farm. And she has found two great loves of her life, coffee and entrepreneurship. I resonate with both of those. Uh, I love that you were raised on a farm, a dairy
1: farm. Did you make a lot of ice cream? We didn't actually. I think we made it sure. maybe once when we were kids. Made we a lot of butter. That helps.
0: Okay. Butter's good. I love Kerrygold butter is one of my favorites because it's just so rich and creamy, but I'm an ice cream connoisseur. I used to go to the um, grocery store and buy like six gallons, six half gallons of ice cream and the cashier would be like, wow, you're going to have ice cream to last a long time. I go, oh no, this would be gone in a week <laughs> in my house. <laughs> oh. So. So I love, I love what you do. I, social media managers, I was thinking in the back of my mind, I've never had a social media manager. That's something I definitely will have to look into because um, you, you have a very important job. So mm-hmm. tell us, how did you get started? What was the, the point that got you to the point where you are now? So your darkest moment is what the first question will be on. But tell us what happened. What was life like before um, that took place?
1: Yeah. So I started my mental health journey a little bit early, I guess. Um, I So I grew up with depression and anxiety um, and was diagnosed as a teenager. And I was given the option of medication. And I came from a very Christian household where I was like, I I think I just need to work on myself. I need to pray it away. And that was kind of my mindset. Um, and so that, that did not work. Um, not that I prayer prayer works, but, um, it was not the best bet for what I needed at that time. So I didn't get any help. Um, and then I had what we now know to be a manic episode. Um, and so it was very uncharacteristic like me, um, again, grew up in a really Christian household. Um, and just the behaviors that were happening, the things that I was doing was not at all the type of person that I was. Um, so we, um, we didn't really know what was happening, but I moved away to the other side of the province um, and burnt a lot of bridges along the way. Um, and that's kind of where I usually start my my journey at that point, because that's where a lot of it began.
0: Yeah. And, and there's always that one point where you just get to the, that moment and you're like, I've had enough. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so what would, what would you say was your biggest um, challenge?
1: yeah um, so when I moved away, I lost a lot of my support systems um and I didn't know the first thing about mental health or mental illness or what any of that looked like. I didn't understand what was happening um to me. um, so I had a lot of questions and not a lot of resources at the time to try to figure it out um and I kept falling into really deep depression um, and didn't know where to turn um so, Um, I went, I, I knew when you're, you're feeling unsafe, you go to the hospital. So I would go to the hospital and I'd tell them I was feeling unsafe and they talked to me for a little bit and they'd send me home. And it, um, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't the help that I needed. And I didn't know how to get that help that I needed so badly.
0: Yeah. And that's frustrating, especially when you're asking for help and you go to people who are supposed to be able to help you and they don't.
1: Yeah. So
0: what, um, what did you do to, like, cry out to these people? Um, so did they try to give you medication or counseling sessions?
1: Yeah. Um, so I kept going in. They essentially wrote me off as a college student. I was in college. Um, I just moved away from home. So situational depression is is a real thing for sure. And so that's what they kind of kept leaning it towards but i knew it was definitely something more. um i knew that there was things that I, that i had done that i was like this wasn't this didn't make any sense this doesn't add up this isn't me. um and so i had so much more going on in my brain and i didn't know how to ask for it. um so i ended up um hitting a point where i just i couldn't i didn't feel like i had any other options. i'd reached out to as many people as i could to try to kind of explain what was going on. i wasn't getting the help i needed. um and uh I attempted suicide at that point. And then um, I ended up moving home and that's when my recovery journey actually started. And I got all the the people in place of my support systems and everything else. Um, so somebody called my parents to let them know that I was at the hospital and they came up and they picked me up um, and brought me home. And then we they brought me to the hospital here. We saw a, um, a psychiatrist. She gave me the diagnosis of bipolar disorder it made so much sense when we looked at everything that happened over the last couple years and I was like oh my goodness this this makes so much more sense she um she got down in front of me at one point because I was just so embarrassed like everything I'd done was not my personality um I've been through so much um and she got down in front of me and she made eye contact with me and she was like I just want you to know this was not your fault And it was just like this rush of like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Um, And so she explained to me like bipolar disorder, what manic episodes are um, to the fault of um, the different, I had seen several different doctors out there. Um, They'd all put me on different medications. Nobody explained to me that you're supposed to take your medications regularly. Um, So I was like, oh, I'm feeling better. I'll stop taking them out. And so it was back and forth. I wasn't doing any of the uh, anything correctly. So, um, and I didn't know any better. So knowing all that now I'm like, oh my gosh, I was totally set up to fail. And it wasn't really, it wasn't like anybody was like, we're going to, we're going to make sure she doesn't get better, but I didn't know what questions to ask. I was brand new to this. Um, so it was just, it was an interesting thing. And that's part of the reason why I'm so vocal now is because I want other people to know all the things that I didn't know.
0: Well, I really certainly appreciate that. I have an older brother bipolar schizophrenia disorder and he has been he refuses to take his meds Mm -hmm. and even on his meds he had struggles but he was you know you can talk to him he's approachable off his meds he's just so so different so angry and so frustrated and he doesn't have that support system and you know he gets himself into trouble I mean he's 60 years old now and he's dealt with this his whole entire life and I think you know back in the 60s there was you know there was no no system in place to help to understand how it, it affects people. And so much of it is, um, you know, just the chemical um, modality, the way that we're made up. I'm not a science of person, so I'm not really sure what words to call it, but it is so important to get that support and to know, yeah, it's not your fault. You don't have this control, like, you know, the neurotransmitters and all of that in your brain and just so many things, there's so many factors. And when you can have that strong support system, so what was the best modality that worked for you to help you stay consistent and to take your medicine and not rebel against that part of it?
1: Yeah, I think the education piece was huge for me. Uh, one of the things they did when I moved home, they they put me on medication, obviously, um, but they sent me through a program. It was a three week program. And every single day we talked about the different mental health issues. Uh, we talked about like panic attacks and how, when you have one, you feel like you're dying, but you aren't, you're going to be okay. Um, like just the realization, the worst thing that's going to happen in that moment is you're going to pass out. It's like, Oh my gosh. Okay. That takes way like a ton of the stress away. So stuff like that, where, um, you don't, you don't have a class in high school where they'd explain to you what anxiety is and how it works or why self-care is actually really important. um And it's not just bubble baths. <laughs> like um, They don't, they don't explain any of that to you. So sitting through that program was actually really, really helpful um to learn a lot about me, what my body does, like what, how my brain works and then how to cope uh, with it. And then understanding basic things like your medication works this way. And if you miss a dose, you'll see, like, you can see, what happens and, um, all of that, like it just, all of it together. I think the education piece was the biggest part of it because once I have the information, then it's up to me. I, I could have decided, you know, I don't want to take this medication. I don't want to follow the instructions. I don't want to work on myself. And that, that is a personal choice. I just chose to put the work in. Um, but the education piece is what flipped the switch for me. That's what I really realized that there was more, um, for me at that point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to be educated and to know the truth and seek the truth. And there's so much information out there like, well, if you just do this, if you do A, B and C, then this will happen. And yeah, I hear a lot of um, Oh, you need a happiness coach. You need this type of coach. You need that. And oh, just do a gratitude journal. It's like, yeah, those are great suggestions and that would be helpful, but there's more to it. And you had mentioned um, self-care. So what kind of self-care um, techniques do you implement?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really funny. I talk about this all the time on my social, just because <laughs> I used to be that person that if someone's like, you need to take time for self care, I would roll my eyes and be like, Oh my gosh, just leave me alone. I don't want to do bubble bath. I don't want to face mask. I just, I don't. Um, and I never really understood the point of it really fully until a couple of years ago. Um, so the two things that I've learned is self-care looks different for every single person. Um, so for me, sometimes it means going and reading a book on the porch with a coffee before I start my day. Um, mm. and then some days it's going for a really long walk because I need to get out of the house. So it looks different. Um, but what I find as find works for self care for me might not work for somebody else. Um, and mm. even day to day, like a few days ago, unstocking the dishwasher was my self care. It seems so silly, but I was like, I actually, I want to unstack and stack or unload and load the dishwasher. Apparently I say that word. Somebody told me, um, so, um, but I, I, I wanted to do kitchen jars and that's yeah. what made me feel rested and um, refilled me at that point. And that's self-care doesn't have to look one specific way just because all the Pinterest boards say self-care is bubble baths and face masks. Um, it can yeah. literally be whatever you want. It could be cleaning your office or, um, taking the extra 30 minutes to drink your coffee before you start your day. Uh, It could literally be whatever you want, as long as it's filling you back up.
0: I love that. And you need to do a Pinterest board on that if you haven't already. (laughs) Because, yeah, some and some people don't like to sit and do that. Like, I never really like to take bubble baths. And, uh, when I first started my coaching program, you know, we talk about self-care, you know, taking me time, spending time with the Lord and, you know, just starting your day off like this. And I had a class as well. What if I don't do that? Well, first thing in the morning, I will, you choose a time that works best for you. Like your intuition will tell you what you need. And yeah, like sometimes I'll come into my office and I'll be like, I just want to clean this pile, you know, like I'll stack up a pile of papers and things and like, you know, stuff that I don't really need to work on right now. And I'll look at that and I'll be like, I'm taking care of that today because that decluttering is what I want to work on. And that's my intuition. And then I feel so much better, so much relief. And I like, you know, like, okay, now I can go do this. So yeah, I love that. So looking forward to seeing, I'll have to follow you on on uh, Pinterest and look for that board. So, <laughs> what piece of advice would you give to somebody who experienced, who has something similar? what would be the best piece of advice you can give to them?
1: One of the things that I found was a huge turning point for me was setting up a game plan. Um, So I was in this unusual situation where I was running a business and learning how to manage my mental health and my bipolar disorder and like to figure all the things out. And so one of the things I did, I was like, I'm going to game plan. What happens if I have a manic episode? Users, all the things, and for the longest time, I'm not even exaggerating. We had like butcher paper drawn out with like a a timeline of this is if this happens, we're going to do this um, because that's how my brain worked. And I was like, I need to know at any point if I'm here, this is what we do. Um, And I had an emergency. Um, If I'm not okay and I need to be brought to the hospital, my parents will stop everything. They will drive me to the hospital and they will fight for me to get get me the help that I need. Um, They're they're not going to leave me until I'm i'm safe. Um and so like having those conversations um and having that support system and that game plan was huge for me. Um and just like genuinely planning for all of it. Um planning for my downs, planning for my ups. Um I had really uncomfy conversations like with my really close friends and saying, "Hey, like if I'm manic and you don't feel comfortable having me around your children, I get it." Um because I'm I'm not me at that moment. And I don't want like my niece and nephews to grow up remembering somebody that wasn't really me. I want them to remember the happy uh nini that comes over and and does all the things because that's who they know. Um And I don't want to confuse them. So eventually at some point in their life, they'll, they'll learn and understand mental health, but at, at two and four years old, they really don't, we don't have to be confusing yeah. them with, um, with that. So um yeah, that's, Having that game yeah. plan has been really, really huge, and I recommend everybody do it. Have those tough conversations ahead of time. It's going to save you so much time and stress.
0: Yeah, and having that open communication is so important. I'm yeah. curious, what's your T-shirt say? Hope will
1: hope will not be canceled.
0: Oh, I like that. Now, <laughs> is that something that you say, or is that one of your your?
1: Um, it's from "To Write Love on Her Arms," actually. Okay, it's I'll a it's a 18. mental health
0: nonprofit. Okay. Is that someone you support then?
1: Yes. Yeah. What's the name of the profit agent, the not for profit? Uh to write love on her arms.
0: To write love on her arms. Oh, I love that. Okay. That's awesome. So tell us about your social media management coaching adventure. I like yeah. it to call entrepreneurials. They're you we're all on an adventure.
1: <laughs> we are on an adventure. Every day is an adventure. Um, so I actually started my business because of my bipolar diagnosis, I needed a job I could do from home. Um, so that way I could recover and take all the time for me while working and giving myself some sort of purpose. Um, so, uh, which I understand now, several years later, that purpose does not have to be work, but, um, that's, that's what I needed in that moment. So I, um, I went through And started building my business, Um, worked from home, went to school, worked through school. And then by the time I graduated, I had enough client base that didn't make sense to go work at an agency somewhere else when I could just run my own. Um, So I've been doing that for the last seven years. It'll be uh, going into our eighth year in October. Um, Mm. And uh, yeah, it's been been fantastic. We do social media management and virtual assistants. Um, we're literally rolling out a whole, I'm so excited for it, a membership, where we're talking about running an agency and managing your mental health, um, and having those two tied together. It's everything that I needed seven years ago um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I didn't have access to. So that's a huge passion for me. So I want to try to make sure that other people that are in the same boat as me, um, can do it because it's very, it's actually very, very common for people who work from home, um, especially right now, but, um, people who work from home, uh, doing online marketing, that sort of thing. A lot of them do have mental health concerns. Um, and it's an mm-hmm. easy job that they can do from home. Um, not that it's always easy. It's intense sometimes, but um yeah. it's it there is that opportunity. Um so I, I've talked to hundreds of people and I was like, you know, this is something that a lot of people need.
0: Yes, I, I've talked to a lot of people too and um, come across quite a few people in the mental health world and psychologists um, and all of that. And yes, it's much needed. And, you know, the, the her minds are so important, you know, and I remember years ago, I read a book by, um, oh, I can't think of her name right now. I'm so bad with names. Um, but it's called Battlefield, battlefield of the Minds. I can see the woman's face, but I can't remember her name. She's a uh, Joyce writer. Meyer? Yes, Joyce Meyer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think I read every book she wrote back in the early 90s. And the Battlefield of the Minds really stuck in with me just because we don't realize, and that's one of the reasons why I became a mindset coach is because our thoughts are so important. And, you know, when we, we can, you know, I like to say our stinking thinking can really cause so many problems for us. We need to get out of our own way. So, and I have a SOAR program seeking our highest route to, seeking our authentic route to our highest potential, which focuses on having a rock solid mindset, that foundation that you need to be able to do all of these things because it's not easy. You know, you're self-employed, you're, you know, you're you're managing all these things. You have to do all the work. You know, no one's, you don't have a boss that says here, this is your stomach, go do it. But you also have that freedom and you can build your own time and you can build in that self-care. So it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful adventure. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your story with us. If you are listening on the podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube across social media, check the description. You'll be able to connect with Nicole. There'll be her links to um, connect with her, see if you could use her services. Um, She's got social media. She's got the VA and the mental health that's coming out soon. So incredible, incredible um, system in place to help with that overall, especially in this time when we're going through all of these things, you know, some people are very challenged with, um, with all the things that are going out in the world. We won't say anything specific. So if you know anyone who can resonate with Nicole's story, please share this with us. Share this this podcast with them. Share it on your social media. uh, Tag your friends. Get the word out. Let's connect and help our community. And always remember, your healing journey is a daily journey. It's all a matter of the heart. female entrepreneurs authentically align their passion with their purpose to connect with their soulmate client confidently and be able to scale or launch to six figures have you pictured yourself as a six-figure entrepreneur if not i can help you live your dream instead of chasing it visit me at lisadrennan.com or send me an email and let's connect let's see if it's a good fit for you Thank you again for joining today. I would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast, provide a review, and if you know anyone that this message would resonate with, please share it.